At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Coming to you from the Circa Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas, I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm just, just look around here. It's been, a, it's been a while since I've been here on a Sunday night into Monday morning, and it's good to be back and talk about everything going on over this weekend, and especially what went down here on Sunday, and that includes the U.S. Open. Our national championship of golf won by the Englishman. Matt Fitzpatrick wins, defeating Will Zalatoris and Scotty Scheffler. I tweeted out during the day watching Scheffler start off as hot as he did. And it's true. I don't think anybody's playing as good of a golf in 2022 as Scotty Scheffler. Right, what he wins the Arnold Palmer, wins the Masters, he comes one stroke shy here at the U.S. Open. He is just—he's the world's number one, and he's rightfully, deservingly up there. But then you look at maybe who's playing the next best golf here in 2022, and it might be Will Zalatoris. And you know, you've listened to this show and watched this show for. The past several months, we are a Will Zalatoris show. That's it. You're here for the Will Zalatoris fan account. We have bet Zalatoris in every single tournament going back to the first event of the year, I guess, in the West Coast Swing. Now, was that the Genesis or whatever it was? We, we've been betting him every single tournament. And we have almost tasted victory so, so many times. Will Zalator starts the year in uh, the farmer's insurance. That's what it was. January 26th. Finishes in second. Loses in the playoff. Then a couple of bad outings before the incredible run at the Masters and then comes up just short, finishes sixth. In New Orleans, finishes fourth. Then at the PGA, loses in a playoff. And then the Memorial, a fifth-place finish. And here at the U.S. Open, a second-place finish. 
That is three times Zalatoris has finished second this calendar year. I joked about it on, earlier on Twitter at Scott's on air. Maybe we should just bet him to finish second. <laughs> well, what we should be doing is betting him to finish top five because we would have cashed. Let's see, he's finished top five one, two, three, four, five times now, and sixth once. So between him and Scotty Scheffler, uh, they're playing the best golf, arguably, in 2022. But the day belonged to Matt Fitzpatrick, who started the day, you know, plus 300 or so odds. He was sitting there at, after, you know, he bogeyed 18 and shot a 68 in round three. Could have actually shot better if he doesn't bogey that final hole uh, on, in his third round. But then in his fourth round today, starts off, then, uh, okay, couple pars. Then when he birdies three, birdies five, the bogey on six, the birdie on eight, finishes two under in the front nine. Couple of bogeys to start the back nine. It's Will Zalatoris' tournament. And then Fitzpatrick with the birdie on 13 and 15, whereas Zalatoris bogeyed 12 and 15, and that was all she wrote. Really, the 15th hole changed everything. Zalatoris was up one, and then he bogeys the 15th, while Fitzpatrick birdies the 15th, a two-stroke swing, and Fitzpatrick never saw that lead go away. There was a moment I thought we had this with Zalatoris. On the 18th, Fitzpatrick hits the tee shot into the bunker and makes one of the all-time clutch championship moment second shots, plunking it onto the green from that bunker. He had a good lie but a bad angle. Put it on the green, two putts for the par, and that's all he needed to do. I thought, if we can just get him to bogey this hole, Zalatoris has got this. But even with Fitzpatrick doing what he did, Zalatoris still had a chance to make a birdie putt on 18 and force a playoff. For the second time this year in a major tournament, force a playoff. But once again... Like we have seen from this kid, the putter lets him down. And Zalatoris doesn't make the birdie putt, misses by inches. And what's frustrating is that he missed by inches on the 17th as well. And so it's on the 17th and 18th, just a couple of inches. You birdie one of those two holes and you are in a playoff. It's the same thing that happened back in the Farmers Insurance. He missed birdie putts on 17 and 18, and he missed the birdie putt in the playoff hole. The putter is the only thing stopping this kid from doing what Scotty Scheffler has done, and that is win a bunch of tournaments this year and be the world's number one golfer. Because all the advanced stats 
that people use when they handicap golf, Zalatoris is off the charts, right? Strokes gained on approach, uh, greens in regulation, all the fairway stuff. I mean, striking the ball is one of the best on the tour. But sometimes a little erratic off the tee, and more concerning is the putter, the short game letting him down. But Matthew Fitzpatrick, I don't want to take anything away from him. He was fantastic. And what's crazy is I'm kicking myself because earlier this week, his name was brought up. We talked about him briefly on this show. And I believe it was our guy Brad Thomas from NBC who said, you know, hey, we should look at Matthew Fitzpatrick. And, yeah, we looked at him because he had won the U.S. Amateur on this course. It was so long ago that I just discounted it. But maybe I should have given it more credence because maybe it's the the, the comfort with the situation that he's in, uh, the atmosphere, the family that he was staying with, uh, or just knowing the course or just having the confidence that knowing that he beat this course, I don't know. But he joins Jack Nicklaus as, I believe, the only golfers that have done this win the U.S. Amateur, and win the U.S. Open on the same course. It's amazing. So kudos to him. What an incredible uh, win. The final score was a 274, which is six under, which actually goes um, under what I believe the, the, the prop bet would have been. I think we said maybe uh, two under was what we thought it was going to be. So maybe like a two, maybe like a 276 or, or something like that for uh, a, a, a four under. That's kind of where we were, we were leaning with our final score prop because everyone that we talked to said that this was going to be a difficult challenge, that weather could come into play, that some of the greens were going to be difficult and some of the shots were going to roll off. And so... Uh, didn't think that golfers were going to get to six under and five under. But really, I mean, look at this entire leaderboard, and it's not that far off because you only had four golfers that shot better than a two under. Matsuyama finishes at three under, and then you have Zalatoris and Scheffler at five under, and Fitzpatrick, the winner, at six under. Everybody else was pretty much over par. Denny McCarthy, Adam Hadwin, Keegan Bradley, three golfers were one under. Gary Woodland and Joel Dahman, the only golfers that were even par, and everybody else was over par. Everybody else. So think about this tournament. You had three, you had four, five, six, seven, eight, nine golfers. That's it. Nine golfers in the entire field that shot under par. This is what a U.S. Open should be. This is our national championship. This should be the most difficult challenge for these golfers. And it it proved to be. So credit to the course there, uh, the Country Club. What a great name. At uh, Brookline, Massachusetts. Uh, the city of Boston, and uh, these golfers for an incredible event. And congratulations, Matt Fitzpatrick, and for our Will Zalatoris bets. 
Another week we deal with the heartache. Another week where we rip up the ticket. But I got to keep doing it because he is going to win one. And I am not going to be the guy on the sidelines that sits there while everybody else cashes their Will Zalatoris outright tickets. I'm Scott Sadenberg. You can hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up next, we'll talk about the Will Zalatoris near miss, the heartbreak, with our very own Matt Humans coming up next. This is The Look Ahead here on VCND. Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Put some cash in your pockets with the Wrangler Hoops Draft Challenge. Make your picks on where the future stars will land at DraftKings.com slash Wrangler and compete for your share of $10,000 in prizes. Wrangler, for the ride of your life. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Scott Sandenberg back here with you. This is the look ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Joining us now, senior editor of VSIN.com, point spread weekly, and co-host of The Edge Monday through Friday here on the network. He is our very own Matt Humans. He is also a member of the Will Zalatoris fan club. And well, Matt, another heartbreaker for us <laughs> as as we we come inches close once again. A missed birdie putt on 17, a missed birdie putt on 18, and a second-place finish for our guy, Willie Z. How was your Sunday? (laughs) Yeah, it sucked. It sucked. Yeah. Hey, uh, I'll be the co-host tonight on Follow the Money with uh, Paul Howard at 4 a.m. Pacific, and uh, we're going to recap the golf as well. And uh, Mitch Moss texted me after the uh, tournament today. He said, this is so frustrating with Will Zalatoris. How do you think uh, he? How do you think he projects at St Andrews next month for the British Open? I was like, man, I can't even think about that right now. Mm. Uh, if, if, if put yourself in Willie Z's shoes, how many times can you finish second and be so resilient to bounce back? I think it's pretty impressive that the kid keeps bouncing back. I mean, it, from our perspective, it's a bummer. I mean, I've. Uh, Finished second with him three times now in the last five months, starting at Torrey Pines, then in the PGA Championship, and again today. And 
you know, for us, just as betters, it's uh, a bummer. Imagine being in his shoes and uh, what what it takes for him to bounce back. He's got to be heartbroken today. He had a two-stroke lead on the back nine on the U.S. Open, and within about a half hour, that two-stroke lead was a two-stroke deficit. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I think the pressure got to him a little bit uh, for a moment there, Uh, Scott, when when he had that two-stroke lead, and uh, I think he probably started started to play mind games with him a little bit because then he, he sliced his next drive. You know, it's it's probably hard for somebody that age to stand up there on the tee and not think, wow, I've got a two-stroke lead right now. I just got to not blow this on the back nine. And what do you do? You slice your next drive into the trees. And then uh, the next hole, you slice another drive into the trees. And I think that was, you know, just a mental lapse where the pressure got to him a little bit. I know we're all going to talk about the putt on 18 that slid by the hole by a half inch, but I think really the putt on 17 yep. was a a big, big mistake by Willie Z. I've never, Scott, I've been watching golf for many, many years. I've never seen a putt that didn't get to the hole drop. And uh, you got to get it there to make it. He had an uphill putt. You can be aggressive on uphill putts. And there's no way you can leave an uphill putt short, and he left that thing two inches short. Mm-hmm. And that was the one where you've, you've got to be aggressive. You've got to sink that. There's no way you can't get that to the hole. And when he left that putt short, I said, man, that's a golden opportunity you let slip by right there. By the way, Will Zalatoris is high as 41 to 1 after the second round at Circa on the adjusted odds board. I know a lot of people, I've heard from a lot of people today who had Willie Z around 25 to 30 to 1. I bet him again. I assume you bet him again, Scott. It's uh, it's not just us. It's a lot of people frustrated who have been uh, betting Willie Z here and just coming up uh, coming up a little bit short. Yep. And, uh, what do you do? I, I guess you just keep betting him. Yep, I had him 27-1 to 1 before the tournament, and then uh, Saturday morning, uh, so that was yesterday, Saturday morning I was hosting with Patrick Maher on the Lombardi line, and so it was like, you know, 7 a.m. Uh, Pacific time, and I'm looking at the leader, I'm looking at the uh, the odds starting round three. And Zalatoris was uh, right up there at plus 700. So I took him and um, obviously was uh, invested heavily. And you know what, what really stings is that I saw Matt Fitzpatrick and he had some decent odds going into the third round. And I remember a conversation that I had earlier this week with one of our guests and we were talking about, oh, Fitzpatrick won the U.S. Amateur there. And I get it was so long ago, but maybe there's something there and whatnot. And I remembered that, and I said, you know what? what? I should fire on Fitzpatrick. Of course I didn't. And uh, to see him do what he did in this fourth round was just so impressive. And the shot out of the bunker, Matt, on 18, that's one of the all-time championship-level shots that I can remember. Yeah, no question about it. I'm going to go back to two shots. The putt, the Willie Z left short on 17, and then the uh, bunker shot out of the fairway, the Matt Fitzpatrick hit on 18. Willie Z, you cannot leave that putt short. And Matt Fitzpatrick took the tournament right there with a sensational shot out of that fairway bunker. When he hit it there, uh, I, can't, I can't remember who the, the golf analyst was at the time. It was uh, on NBC. He said, oh, that's a huge, huge mistake by Fitzpatrick. Well, it didn't look like a huge mistake because – he turned that uh, fairway bunker shot into something that was about 15, 18 feet away. And that was, that was an incredible shot by Fitzpatrick. Because when he did hit that drive, I, like 
the analyst, most people probably thought, hey, we got a shot here. Yeah, he's going to bogey this. Yeah, Yeah, he's going to bogey this hole. (laughs) And he ends up with like a 15, 18-foot pop for birdie. And he uh, slides by to leave the door cracked open for Willie Z. But, yeah, I kind of look at those two shots, the putt that Willie Z left short on 17, and then the uh, fairway bunker shot by uh, Fitzpatrick on 18. You know, that, that was probably the difference in the tournament right there. Absolutely wild. Uh, what have you been? Uh, have you been playing the Stanley Cup final at all? Uh, because I've been wrong on the first two games. Uh, I had uh, under six in both of them, and I got stung in both games. <laughs> I played under six in the first game, and on the advice of a friend of mine who's a very sharp hockey better, and uh, so I played it, lost it, and then he came back. He said, "We got to play under six again in game two. I said, "Well, you not, you have, it, but I'm not, and <laughs> I'm not playing it under." And uh, I'm thinking at this point, you know, Scott, one of the philosophies in sports betting is to buy on bad news. Right now, a lot of people believe that the Tampa Bay Lightning are buried. They might be, and they might be. I'm not, I'm not as sharp at hockey as I am at some other sports. But I also think after game three of the NBA Finals, a lot of people thought the Golden State Warriors were in big trouble, including me. And then they uh, came back. Stephen Curry had an all-time NBA Finals performance in game four to turn that entire series around. I'm not saying Tampa Bay is going to turn the series around, but I think the underdog might be worth a shot here. After getting the butt kick in game two, being down 2-0, the two-time defending champs coming home, if they're going to stand up and play with some pride, it's going to happen in game three. I'm I'm giving up on the totals, uh, but I'm thinking about playing the dog in game three. Yeah, right now uh, Tampa a uh, short favorite. Uh, at home, it's pretty close. Minus one hundred and five, I'm seeing. So, I oh, do, okay. I, I thought I saw plus one hundred and five. Yeah. So well, it's gonna, it's going to change. It's going to keep going back and forth. People are going to be on it. Um, I love Tampa. I still think they're live for the series. Remember, they lost the first two games to the Rangers and were able to battle uh-huh. back and win four yep. straight. So anything can happen. It's it's hockey. It's a bounce of the puck here or there is the difference between a win and a loss. Unless you lose seven to nothing, like they did. In game number two. (laughs) How'd your baseball treat you this weekend? I didn't do much in baseball this weekend. Kind of took it out. I I read your plays up on vcin.com. You've been doing a great job. I liked your uh, first five play on the Yankees today. I I watched the first part of that game, and I assumed that the Yankees won it. I got so wrapped up into the golf tournament, I never checked back on the Yankees game. And then I saw the final score later and said, what the hell happened? <laughs> Yankees had, had a nine-game win streak. It looked like it was going to be 10. looked like the Yankees were going to be the first team in baseball with 50 wins today. And uh, somehow they blew that game. And, Scott, I'm still not sure how they blew it because, like I said, I was – so wrapped up in the golf, I haven't seen the highlights yet, but how did the Yankees blow that game in Toronto? So the, some, with the Yankees especially, they're very predictive with their bullpen usage. They chart everything out, and they have a plan. If guys throw you know, two days in a row, they're not going to throw the next day. If they pitch two out of three mm-hmm. days, they're not going to throw it. And the Yes Network does a great job. They actually like show you the chart sometimes during the broadcast and let you know like how many pitches each guy threw. So going into this game... Uh, you knew that the Yankees were not going to have Clay Holmes or Michael King available. They're two top relievers. And so you had to rely on a guy like, you know, uh, Castro, who comes in and just is a disaster for them. So they had to use Castro. They had to use Willie Peralta. It was just not a good bullpen day for the Yankees. And they left Severino in too long. And part of my handicap as to why I picked the over in the first five innings as opposed to just going Yankees in the first five innings was because I didn't trust Severino 
with his off schedule. He hasn't pitched in nine days, Matt. So he was a little bit off today, and, and he got rocked there in that fifth inning. Yeah, I read your analysis. Or makes sense. Was, and, yeah. Right, right. I didn't think Severino was going to go deep into the game today, and that's uh, actually a good handicap because the Yankees' bullpen, when it's a full strength, is great. When you don't have those two guys available, there's going to be trouble at the back of that bullpen because it's not as strong as it was uh, the first month or two of the season. Scott, I'm going to leave you, leave you with this. If you had to put one team today on the MLB Futures Board to win the World Series, considering odds value, who would it be? I can't bet against the Yankees. Uh, I don't see anybody okay. beating them in a series. I just can't. Okay. And, and we got like 10 seconds, Matt, but also you know they're going to be aggressive at the trade deadline too. So That's right. Uh, That's I, I, can't, right. I can't bet against the Yankees. All right, Matt, thanks so much, brother. I'll talk to you soon. All right, you bet, buddy. Thanks. There it is. Our very own Matt Humans. I'm Scott Sadenberg. This is The Look Ahead. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. This segment of The Look Ahead is brought to you by Zinn Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties, and they come in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zinn, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide. Visit Zinn.com find to locate a store near you. That's Z-Y-N.com find. Warning. This product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Always on Twitter at Scott's on air, S C O T T S O N A I R. Let's head out to the Rampart Casino. We welcome in racing sportsbook director Dwayne Colucci in his weekly spot here on VSIN. Colucci, it's been so long since I spoke to you. I miss you, brother. I know you've been all over the hockey. We're going to get into the Lightning and the Avalanche in just a minute, but I got to ask you about the U.S. Open. How was the handle for you guys over at the Rampart, and uh, did the Matthew Fitzpatrick win get to you guys? Oh, yeah, definitely. I'll be honest with you, Scott. It got to us because uh, you could obviously see we took action prior to the tournament even starting. We opened them at like 40 to 1. And I think he was 25 to one when they first teed off. And then he was going into this final round at three to one. He was the co-favorite with Zalatoris. So, you know, this was not one of the golfers that we were hoping would win this tournament. And, uh, yeah, we got a little banked up, but the handle was off the hook. And I always say, you know, out at the rampart, you, you know, my neck of the woods, Scott, I have a lot of older people and, uh, we're surrounded by golf courses. Mm-hmm. So we get such a good handle from all this, uh, you know, public action in the Summerlin area because they love the golf and they love the tournaments. And we were putting up round by round matchups as well as the adjustment of the odds naturally. And, uh, yeah, it was a great handle. I was really, really pleased. And I know Chris will be pleased with it as well, but not as pleased with the outcome naturally. It was incredible. I, I had Will Zalatoris. I bet him every tournament, Dwayne. And uh, this is the third, the third time he's come up just short. I-, I wish there was a way. I got to just start betting him to finish in second place. Like, can you guys write that ticket for me so I can just <laughs> bet him to finish second only? Like an exact result, second place. And I'll tell you, Scott, he was the uh, second uh, highest right 
ticket count wise that we had was Zalatoris. So a lot of people were riding with you in that situation. And it's amazing how he just falters in the last round, loses tough, uh, you know, a tough playoff or he has a, a bad putt or just one bad hole. And before you know it, he's behind the eight ball. So definitely a tough luck with Zalatoris. He looked like he was going to be the winner as he started off. But then, you know, it, it was a bumpy road for his round. And definitely Fitzpatrick took the care of business down the stretch. Let's get into the Stanley Cup final here, Dwayne. Uh, I talked to Chris last week, and he said that uh, either result would not be uh, bad uh, for the book at all uh, with Colorado or Tampa. But where has the action been coming in on a game-by-game basis for you between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Colorado Avalanche for at least the first two games, obviously? Yeah, the first two games, Scott, and the series as well, when we opened it up, it was all Tampa action. So uh, the first two games, a lot of Tampa money. You could see the line adjustments. We opened the series at 2-1, to one, and it got bet all the way down to 160, 155. So a lot of people were backing the Lightning, especially after that physical series with the Rangers, and they were able to come out on top with the three wins in a row. And a lot of people were buying into that, uh, you know, the layoff, the inactivity for Colorado. That doesn't mean anything. And I tried to tell everybody, because I've actually been riding Colorado. You know, I felt it was this year. You and I have discussed this, despite Tampa being in the finals against this, probably the toughest opponent for the Avalanche. I really think they're playing a a great brand of hockey. And Kale McCarr is playing now like already a seasoned veteran. Mm -hmm. And he's basically, you know, only in his second year. And this kid is really an unbelievable team leader. And it's amazing. You have Landis God, you have McKinnon. These are guys that definitely also could lead you in the right direction. This team has a really, really bright future. They made a really good trade getting Lekin in from Montreal. I think that was very smart. You know, a guy who could put the puck in the net. He proved that last year in the stand. Stanley Cup playoffs, and you just combine that with just uh, Nichushkin is unbelievable. Right now, this kid is playing lights out, and you're getting great goaltending from Kemper. Held Tampa at only 16 shots, Scott. So they're definitely in their heads now, but let's not forget the Rangers well, 2 nothing as well. Well, that's the biggest point, right, is that Tampa's been right. in this spot before, and part of the reason why I picked Tampa before the series started is because – I've seen this team deal with adversity before, whether it was the past two years winning the Cup or even this year, tough series against Toronto in round one and then coming back from 2-0 down against the Rangers. I've seen them handle the adversity, whereas with the Avalanche, they've breezed through these playoffs, Dwayne. They, and right from right. Look, they've been the better team, so of course they've breezed through the postseason. But I'm, I'm curious, if Tampa is to hold serve on home ice and even this series 2-2, How does Colorado respond from that? I'd be very curious to see how the Avalanche deal with a little bit of adversity. Oh, yeah, definitely. And that's what they've been dealing with the reputation of the last two or three years, Scott, is the adversity and they fold under the pressure. This is a key game, though, tomorrow for Tampa. They must win this game because if they go down 0-3, then it's going to be lights out. Oh, I don't yeah, care. series over. Who, yep. who you're suiting up. Right, exactly. And you've never really seen Vasilevsky give up a seven spot. So this team is really strong, this Avalanche team. And they're definitely as efficient as the Rangers were on the power play. Uh, I've spoken about that. They have a very similar percentage in these playoffs. And right away, Tampa started making the mistakes. They took the penalty 
see right away you get the power play goal from Colorado. That's what killed them against the Rangers, Scott. So we'll see. I mean, I think Tampa is going to be bet up at my shop in the next game. I kind of like them, I'll be honest with you, because their backs are against the wall. And it's going to be interesting if Colorado does have to face that adversity. You're 100% right, but I'm not so sure if they're going to have to, Scott. I think they're going to win one of these games in Tampa. They're that good right now. And this defense is just amazing. I mean, when have you seen Tampa make so many different mistakes? You look at the penalty minutes last night. You look at some of the plus minuses. Headman minus Minus three, Cologne minus two. Definitely, definitely they have shooken up Tampa a little. But what better team to respond? And you know Cooper is definitely a master of making his team respond in these situations. What do you think about the total? Uh, I've bet the under six in both game one and game two. I've obviously lost both bets, Dwayne. Uh, with this game, you mentioned Tampa having to bounce back and, and really put forth a much better effort, especially defensively, and Vasilevsky having to be solid to give them a chance to win this game. Uh, would you lean over or under, and, and where do you think the action's going to come in over there at the Rampart? Well, we got the total at six shaded under minus 120. And like I said, I really think Tampa has got to come out smoking. So I think Vasilevsky has to be at his best. And he could be monstrous at times, Scott. So I think that he's going to hold Colorado in check. But I think it's going to be a close game. 3-2 in that range, something like that, 3-1. But Vasilevsky's going to have to be monstrous. And he's been at Amelie Arena. But you have seen a few uh, little quirks. I mean, you saw his first five-hole goal in the playoffs by the Avalanche. You're definitely seeing a lot of action around the net. And his defense has to be a little more physical. Sergachev has to be more physical. Hedman, they have to establish themselves, and they have to get ahead. You can't keep falling behind because Colorado's just unbelievable when they're playing with the lead, and they stretch the ice so much. Mm. And McKinnon is able to do that because he is similar to Connor McDavid in his skill set and his skating and puck handling abilities. And uh, it's going to be really long if they fall behind. So I think Tampa has to get the lead, and I think Vasilevsky will be on its best uh, you know, performance level in this next game tomorrow. You talked about Kale McCarr earlier, and uh, I think if Colorado wins, he's a lock to win the Conn Smythe Award. I see him at minus 190. Uh, but if yeah. Tampa Bay were to come back and win this thing, would you go... Andre Vasilevsky or Nikita Kucherov? Uh, you got to definitely look at Kucherov. And if somebody really starts to perform, I mean, Braden Point could really start going crazy. Somebody, if they carry them in this particular series, you have to remember when you're dealing with these awards, a lot of people, they remember what is fresh in their mind. Vasilevsky has been unbelievable throughout the playoffs. He outdoed Chesterkin, so you have to give that consideration. Kucherov, now he has to step up. I mean, he can't be non-existent again. So he could then, you know, possibly fade out of the equation and Vasilevsky would be the front runner. And, you know, Stamkos hasn't done enough. Uh, guys like Palato, though, they, they, they've performed very well in the playoffs. And if you get a lot of game-winning goals or something like that, Scott, you definitely could win this uh, trophy. So yeah, there's a lot of series to be uh, played mm -hmm. left, but McCarr is by, by far is way ahead. And you can see how he's performing, his leadership. And I just can't believe somebody that young is so well-spoken and uh, his demeanor is unbelievable. I really like this kid. He's the defenseman of the future, and we all know that. And he's definitely the front runner to win this MVP. 
I still think Adam Fox is better, but that's because he's on a Razor Ranger, Dwayne. He's Dwayne Colucci <laughs> from the Rampart Racing Sportsbook. Dwayne, appreciate the time as always, brother. Thanks, Scott. I appreciate you having me on. Good to talk again. I'm Scott Zadenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports bet. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check current betting splits data. The betting splits page will show you where the money and bets are moving for every game. And now it's updated every 10 minutes, so you can see changes in all the action. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way Beeson is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It's the look ahead on Beeson, the sports betting network. Coming up about 15 minutes or so from now, special guest going to join me in studio, Las Vegas Chris. Going to talk about uh, everything going on with him uh, as far as his routine as a professional better. Uh, what he does strategy-wise for contests. You know, he does he's very prolific at the contests. Uh, so a lot of stuff going on with Chris. We'll get into it uh, with that coming up about 15 minutes or so from now. Want to take a look at the Major League Baseball board and, well, just go over what we saw here on this exciting Sunday. If you follow along on our picks up on the vcin.com daily best bets page, we went 3-1 and one here on Sunday, hitting our play of the day which I give out on my Twitter page, at Scott's On Air. That was the Yankees and the Blue Jays in the first five over four and a half. Funny, two days in a row had the Yankees-Blue Jays' first five total as the play of the day. On Saturday, it was the under, and it hit. On Sunday, here it was the over, and it hit. And, and a lot of people asked, why was I on the over and not the Yankees in the first five innings? The Yankees, by the way, lost this game to the Blue Jays 10-9 to because the bullpen and Severino got rocked in the uh, sixth and uh, sixth and seventh inning, grand slam by uh, Lourdes Goriel. So, um, yeah, was it Goriel at the grand slam? Somebody, hit a, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was Goriel hit a grand slam. Uh, anyway, um, Yankees were winning six to three after the first five innings. But the reason why I bet the over instead of the Yankees was because of my handicap on this game. You say Kikuchi, first of all, was the ultimate fade. 
This guy has been a liability for the Blue Jays this season. He gives up, it's, I think it's the second or maybe the first, uh, hardest contact, hardest exit velocity in Major League Baseball. And the team that hits the hardest has the highest exit velo in baseball is the Yankees. So you got the pitcher that gives up the highest exit velo against the team that hits the highest exit velo, and it just was going to be a recipe for disaster for Kikuchi and the Blue Jays. And Kikuchi has been just such a liability. Every single start this season, he is getting rocked. He's not even making it past the fifth inning. Uh, you know, give up two home runs here uh, to the Yankees, uh, or one home run here to the Yankees. Had gave up two home runs against the Blue Jays. Three, or yeah, it was two. Three against Minnesota. I mean, he's just getting rocked. So that was already we know. I, I you know, I was going to do Yankees team total as well. That hit. But anyway, why did I not just take the Yankees in the first five? I did not trust Luis Severino. Pitchers are such creatures of habit in Major League Baseball. When their routine is thrown off for any reason, things just go awry. And Severino was scratched from his last start. And so he had not pitched since really the 10th. So he had not pitched in nine days. And he was a little sick, fever and chills, put on the COVID list, and then comes back. Nine days later, and starts. And I did not trust him. Gives up the two-run shot to Vladdy in the second inning, and really that's, or in the first inning, that's really all I needed to see. That's all I needed to see. And I knew from that moment that we were going to hit this over. Because really all I wanted was for him to score, him to give up two runs. And then I trusted the Yankees to score three off of Kikuchi, and that's what happened. Well, they scored more than that, but... That wound up hitting. So I was very happy about uh, that result. I was also happy about the under in the first five between the Mets and the Marlins. Sandy Alcantara against Chris Bassett, and Alcantara just continues to be the best pitcher in the National League. He goes eight innings, strikes out eight, allows two runs on six hits. It was one run, in the uh, bottom of the sixth, and then one run in the bottom of the seventh. That's it. The Marlins, meanwhile, had a big seventh inning. They scored five runs in the seventh inning. Uh, a, a, a grand slam from Encarnacion, and then a birdie double added another insurance run. Chris Bassett gives up three runs on five hits in six and a third. Seth Lugo giving up two runs. Uh, on uh, two hits in just two-thirds of an inning. Chris Bassett, meanwhile, struck out nine in six and a third. But this game was a 0-0 game after five innings. So first five under, three and a half. Wasn't scared of the low total. It was an easy cash. Uh, Our other play that won was the Braves on the money line. Could have taken the Braves on the run line and chased a little bit of plus money. They beat the Cubs 6-0. This team was not going to get swept. 
and uh, I don't trust Kyle Hendricks at all. Ian Anderson pitched well, and so the uh, Braves get the 6 nothing win. Our one loss of the day could have been a push if I was willing to lay higher juice, but I wasn't, and it was the Giants in the first five innings minus a half a run, and they pushed it. Well, they tied. It was 2-2 after five innings, so the, run, the money line pushed. The run line was a loser. Giants took a 2-0 lead in the first inning, and... Um, frankly, could have been more. So they load the bases with nobody out in the first inning. And right away, I'm thinking, this is going to be a great day. <laughs> uh, Jock Peterson singles in two runs. So there's nobody out, and the two runs are in. It's first and second. Brandon Belt then grounds into a double play. And that ends the the threat there in the first inning. And then in the second inning, after a Brandon Crawford single to lead off the inning, wins grounds into a double play. Two double plays in two innings. Great. Uh, The Giants really never threatened until, again, until the top of the fifth when um, Gonzalez hit a two-out triple. But that's really it. Meanwhile, um, Alex Cobb gave up a two solo shots in both the third inning and the fourth inning. uh, And that was the difference in the game. Two solo home in the first five, two solo home runs for the pirates. It was a two, two game after five innings. So we went three and one still profitable Sunday and uh, we'll turn our attention to Monday, but real quick recapping what we had here on Sunday nationals avoid the sweep. They beat the Phillies nine, three, uh, Juan Soto, a three-run home run in that game. Red Sox beat the Cardinals 6-4. to four. It was the Brewers topping the Reds 6-3. Tigers, a 7-3 win over the Rangers. Break up the Tigers. They've won two straight. And look at this offense. So much criticism about the Tigers and their lack of production. 14 runs on Saturday, seven runs on Sunday. Woo! Break up the Tigers. Uh, The Rockies beat the Padres 8-3, and the concerning thing that happened in this game was Manny Machado rolled his ankle trying to beat out a play at first base, and this did not look good. They say it is a sprain. They say x-rays are negative. Let me look at the latest report here uh, because I saw – here we go. Latest report says – Mm. All right, I guess it just says it was a sprain, x-rays negative. Latest news says it could keep him out past the All-Star break. Now, I'm reading tweets from uh, Dr. David Chow at Pro Football Doc. He does a great job uh, analyzing these injuries and these videos. And he uh, said that he was analyzing the video to uh, see if he avoided any type of fracture, but definitely looks like a significant sprain. And he even tweeted out, fair to ask if Tatis or Machado comes back first. So he doesn't think Machado's coming back for quite some time. So we got a month till the All-Star break, pretty much. And yeah, I would expect Tatis, uh, expect Machado to be out about a month. Sunday Night Baseball, Astros beat the White Sox 4-3. Diamondbacks a 7-1 win over the Twins. Guardians 
Uh, a ninth-inning comeback win over the Dodgers. Well, not comeback. They were tied at three. Craig Kimball gave up two runs in the top of the ninth. They beat the Dodgers 5-3. Angels blanked the Mariners 4-0. A's blanked the Royals 4 to nothing. Coming up next, Las Vegas Chris joins me in studio. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.